Hello and welcome to another episode of Space Time Talco. I'm Chris, and Nate's here, technically. Uh, turns out, I had thought I hit a record button, but I had hit a record button too many times, and a good 15 minutes of conversation are just gone from this past week's conversation, or podcast. So, you get the up version and I'm saying it like that because this is going on YouTube and you can't say without getting demonetized early on. So, yeah, the up version of this podcast. And joining our day in progress. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy. We love you. If you enjoyed this. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. Maybe see therapist. I probably need to see one. Okay. I love you. Go inside and play video games. I'll say it again later, but, you know, I'm just getting it out there now. So now, you know, join this episode in progress. It was, we got And they're more likely to like agree with you because they've attached their identities to who you are as a person now. Mm -hmm. And that's where sort of the iffy territory comes in. And I think in the case of some people, there are some people who are beyond redemption at this point. Like, if I look at the people like Jake Paul or fucking uh, Joe Rogan, or anyone like that now. I'm just like... Uh, I was going to say, in the Rooster Teeth community, <laughs> Ryan... Uh, I can't remember his last name because I don't fucking care about him anymore, but 100% irredeemable. Um, yeah, there's just a certain point where, you, where you've... where Someone has told you that you've done something wrong and you're just unapologetic about it. Yeah. And, you know, you just can't... You have to... You have to own those. You have to own the consequences of that at a certain point. Like there's just there's nothing else you can do. PewDiePie will probably never go away. People like fucking Joe Rogan will never go away. People like Dave Rubin will never go away. People like fucking always Shane Dawson. <laughs> Shane Dawson will never go away. But that's because there are people out there who I don't know. There, there's something missing in their lives where they they have to be spoon fed their opinions by people that they worship. <laughs> And I just, I've never been that kind of person. I really do not care for the opinions of artists. I want to see the work that they produce. And that's really all there is to it. Like, I fuck, one of my favorite manga and anime all the time is written by a dude, drawn by a dude, who makes really, really fucked up hentai. So, like, that's just, that's just the name of the game. There are people out there who are just evil and disgusting and nasty, and you have to learn to separate their work from who they are. See, but I also think there's a level that, for, like, if you are consuming newer things when you know how horrible of a person. Like, growing up listening to Michael Jackson, because that's always, like, the go-to. Or R. Kelly, mm -hmm. fuck it. Um, you grow up not knowing these things, and then when you hear about this stuff, it's like, ooh. And then they keep making music, and you're like, no, I'm good. You don't need to keep doing that. Like, fucking Chris Brown? Why is Chris Brown still as popular as he is? Well, again, it's it's because of people tying their identities to those people. Like, it just, when you become, that's the problem with becoming a fan of a person. Like, I've seen this mostly amongst music artists, right? Mm -hmm. Is you see, like, super fans, like, the Beliebers and shit like that. Like, they want so badly to get attention from this person. They treat this person as a vital part of their lives and identities, as if they were a friend or a colleague in some way, even though this person has no idea who the fuck they actually are. Yeah. And it's they like, will do 
anything to defend that person. <clears throat> like you'll you'll tweet about not liking something, and the entire fandom will come after you, being like, "What'd you say about their stuff? You're a horrible person. You're a piece of shit. We're gonna report you. You're gonna get banned." Yeah. Um, speaking There's of been... speaking of horrible people, um, <laughs> sorry, uh, not specifically about a per certain person, but a person that was part of a project that is no longer part of the project. Um, Star Wars, the spinoff from Mandalorian, uh, Rangers of the New Republic, is reportedly being put on hold. Um, which, like, you know, I was excited for it just because more Star Wars, but there really hasn't been much about it. We knew nothing about it. The The only thing I think we knew was Cara Dune's Car or Cara Dune was in it. Obviously, she's not going to be in it anymore. They weren't going to recast her. Um so who knows? We still have a whole bunch of other Star Wars stuff, which is great. Uh, I do really wonder if the firing of Gina Carano is a big part of it. Um, like if they had tied the entire story to her character almost. Mm. Or you, well, have, have you watched both seasons? Of Mando? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember. I know Dave has only watched like a, the first couple episodes of the first season. <gasps> Excuse me. Which is funny because now I get to give him shit. He's the one that doesn't watch things. You're, you're actually usually pretty up on it now. <laughs> well, when it comes to streaming services, it's easy for me to keep up on stuff, mm -hmm. honestly, because I'm I'm a binge watcher in the first place. So if it's something, if it's bingeable content, I'll usually binge it in a couple days. Um, that being said, I mean the whole thing surrounding Gina Carano, Carano and the character of Cara Dune. Um. I feel like with her only playing a minor role in Mandalorian, they probably had her tooled up to play a major role somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's more than I would say it's, it's more than likely. That's why that series is on hold now because they probably have to make some major story edits um, to work around what they had in plan in mind for her. Um, and that's just unfortunately the way it goes. I mean, again, she's another, She's another person who dug herself into a hole. Yeah. Um, and that's she, something that... She was handed a ladder and she used it to dig deeper. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate that she decided to go that route. I understand where she's coming from because I understand people who post that kind of thing. But I don't condone what she said in any way. Mm -hmm. um, I think what she said is an extremely bad take. It patently false on the face of it. Um and she really needs to reconsider what she said if she plans to have a career, you know, whether it be with Disney or any other major content creator. Um, and that's just nature of it. I mean, I, I feel like there's, I, I, I feel like what she picked it up from is probably a culture that is built around the MMA community. Um, it's a very, you know, tough, suck it up kind of community honestly and that's probably where she got that shit take from in the first place yeah and that's just that's just the way it goes i mean you gotta you gotta be careful if i had my if it was me in that position right and i've got this multi-million dollar deal with disney and i'm in a good spot you can best believe that the first thing i'm gonna do is find a way to shut my mouth <laughs> completely like and that's, the I only think, thing you should be hearing from me is stuff about what I'm doing with that show. Yeah, what happened with mm -hmm. with her? I think immediately got anybody else 
Star Wars side, anybody attached to Disney was like, oh, I can feel the way I do. I just can't outwardly express that. <laughs> um, it, the thing you can outwardly express whatever you want. We went over this with Joe Rogan just this week, right? Because you, you saw the tweet. You liked the tweet I mm, put up. Mm-hmm. It's like you have a platform. Yeah. And you get to say whatever you want on that platform. The thing that you cannot control, though, is the consequences of what you say. Yeah. And that's what people seem to have a problem with. Like this idea that free speech is just unfettered and you should be able to say whatever you want and no one can clap back at you. That's not freedom of speech. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you have to realize that the things you say and the things you do have consequences and you have to learn to own them. If you want to have bad takes on stuff and you want to pop off at the mouth and say whatever you want, fine, go ahead. Understand that there's going to be people out there who don't like what you have to say and whining about it is not a solution to the problem. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say more, not so much, obviously, yes, that there's that. It's, I think, with what I was trying to get to with the firing of her was more of... So Disney, obviously, has not really done this with anybody before. There are people that have been outspoken and said things that, I don't want to say they shouldn't. It's more of, they're wrong. Um <laughs> For instance, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is the worst of the Chris's. We've we originally we went from loving Chris Pratt to learning more about him, and then we found out that Chris Pratt is a shitty person. Um, yeah. But Chris Pratt has still has his job. Chris Pratt has, especially since this stuff went down, shut the fuck up. Um, and well, I think that is it's a bad side effect, but it's also. I don't know how to say it because it really well, is like, hey, if you shut up, you can't get in trouble for your feelings um, well, or your it's opinions. A, it's a lot better than doing what Gina Carano did, which is double down yeah. on it. Yeah. Shut like, up. Realize that what you're saying is offending people or offensive. Um, and move on. Keep your job. <laughs> but it, it's not so much offensive as it is derogatory. Is yeah. The thing, right. Like, I can say things that will offend people. Yeah. But I do my best not to degrade especially vulnerable groups of people. But that's also and, not you. We are not the type of people to do that. Yes. It's, at the end of the day, like, you have to realize that you're, Chris, Pratt's, Chris, Chris Pratt's excuse for doing that was just not a good one. Yeah. Like, and I think that is what when people finally told him that that's what prompted him to just be quiet about it. Like this opinion is not something you need to share publicly. It really was. The rest of the Marvel people were like, we have your back. If you stop. <laughs> yes. But it's, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I, I get that there, there's a dichotomy there between wanting to express yourself and then having a paycheck on the line. Yeah. Um, and, you have to decide which end of that spectrum you're going to be on, you know, but you also have to realize like there are just certain things out there that you can definitely, I'm not going to say that they cannot be said, but you've got to really explore what you're about to say and find out like, is the thing I'm going to say, is it actually going to hurt somebody? Mm -hmm. Like, because that's where it people can say, oh, it's just my opinion over and over again. But that's the problem, right? Is 
we live in a country where these opinions have become and are turning into legislation meant to stop groups of people from literally being who they are or exercising their full rights as citizens. Yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like we've touched on this. <laughs> we got, yes, we right. got super serious very much. I might rearrange this podcast a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so random thing that I just found happened across while I was looking through news and trying to find news. Um, so I don't know. It, it, you, you used io9 or Gizmodo all that much. Or go to. Yeah. Uh, Well, they have this section called Morning Spoilers, which is basically they collect all the the leaks and all the fun random news, small little bits of news that you're supposed to take with a grain of salt kind of stuff. Uh, One of them from, I believe this is today. I lost track of time. Time means nothing. Um, But is supposedly the overall plot of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, so yeah, um, it's real quick, little, little listing kind of thing here. Uh, after settling in Green Hills, Sonic is ready for more freedom and Tom and Maddie, the, the, the humans, the humans in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, if you haven't seen the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, um, agree to leave him home while they go on vacation. Uh, but no sooner are they gone, Dr. Robotnik comes back, this time with a new partner, Knuckles. Fuck yes, Knuckles. Um, in search for an emerald that has the power to both build and destroy civilizations. Hmm. I wonder what that is. I've never, never seen a giant emerald that does have powers and shit. Uh, Sonic teams up with his own sidekick, Tails, and together they embark on a journey to find the emerald before it falls into the wrong hands. Ha 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 More importantly, on that note, we all know that Knuckles isn't always the bad guy. Knuckles becomes a bad guy, and then they realize that they're actually cool, and they hang out and become best friends and are the greatest duo, duo trio, trio, trio in most gaming history of all time ever. Can you name a better gaming trio in history? You can't. Uh, uh, no, actually. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see Knuckles on the big screen. I know. I, I think I shared a couple months back that, um, that set photo of the stand-in, like, little statue things that they made for them uh and if that is anything like what he looks like cgi it looks fucking great (laughs) it'll be like the fact that we went can you imagine oh man can you imagine like this is the movie that initially made the entire world hate the movie from what sonic's design looked like at first and then the immediately turned around and was like, no, hey, boom, here you go. It looks great. Looked great. Funny, cute movie. I've seen it like five times. Um, like two times in theaters, like three times at home. Uh, they literally ended it with, hey, Tails. Tails is in the next one. I'm like, fuck yes, Tails is great. Uh, yeah. And like immediately, instead of waiting for a third movie, they're like, no, no, Knuckles is here. And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> That's all I need. Because Knuckles is the best. Knuckles has always been the best. Yeah, well, it just—it's it, great to see that they're going to add some new characters to it, add more characters to it, characters that we know and love, um, and possibly spend more time in Sonic's world mm-hmm. rather than ours, um, and see how they adapt that to the big screen. I mean, Sonic is up there. The Sonic the Hedgehog film is probably up there with one of the better video game adaptations to come yeah, out. It's like top three. It's the Sonic movie, Detective Pikachu, and Angry Birds. Yeah. And, again, 
full seriousness, Angry Birds is one of the all-time greatest video game movies. <laughs> well, I'm sure it is, but again, how do you how do you fit underneath a bar that's already on the ground? Um, <laughs> it's down a sewer pipe. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I just I, I feel like finally Hollywood has gotten it together and understands what a video what a good video game movie can look like. Yeah. Um, I would like them to see. I would like them to eventually figure out what a good live ad, live action adaptation of an anime looks like. Nah, we don't need that. I'm okay with keeping it animated. I'm fine with that too. But I think the closest we got, at least in my mind, is Battle Angel Alita. Hmm. I guess yes. I will. I will give it to that. Again, that bar is underground. Um, yeah. Like there have been parts of movie movie game or movie video game movies movie game video game movies and parts of anime movies that are fantastic but the overall of them are horrible okay. there's a death note sequel coming to netflix man <laughs> i just and i course... feel like net netflix is like the steam green light of films like you can put you can pitch anything to netflix netflix will be like sure we'll put it on there some like, of it can be great they're like, nope, we're not gonna, we don't care, just put it up there. I, and that's the worst part. There are some great, con there's some great content on Netflix. I, I have it in the notes, I'll just talk about it real quick. Love Death, <laughs> Love Death and Robots, fucking amazing. Hard. Huh? No, keep going. Oh, I didn't, oh, you sneezed or something? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, Love Death and Robots, both seasons, fantastic. Is there some shit in there? Sure, but it's like... Not padding, but it, it's just not for me, I'd say. Um, sadly, there's a, I called it Shitty Alien. Um, one of the later, uh, one of the later shorts in season two, it stars uh, Michael B. Jordan. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm, I'm over Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> it was like a four, five minute short. And I'm like, nah, I'm done. Yeah, I don't need this. This is not good. Um but no, I, I, I absolutely, and that's a whole other topic. I, you like you said, Hollywood's finally being like, hey, we can actually make good shit. We don't have to make shit shit <laughs> of video games for movies. Hopefully, like you said, it'll get that point for anime. I want Hollywood to realize animation is worth the time and money to focus on. Sony Pictures is fucking knocking out of the park. Fucking Spider-Man amazing movie still one of my favorite all-time movies it's like in my top 10 now i've watched that movie so many fucking times mitchell ver the mitchell's versus the machines remember that mitchell's versus the machines fucking amazing movie same company same production company um there's somebody that i guess has finally looked at animation was like oh oh yeah we we could do this we can keep doing this and make money off of it um Sure, it's not the greatest amount of money, but that's also because animation is still looked at as for kids. And if it's not for kids, it has to be like the raunchiest or like family guyest of adult cartoons. Yeah, that that's a problem with the dichotomy that goes on in the world of animation to begin with, though, period. Um, you have shows that sort of hit that sweet spot. Um, you have shows that are very good at subtlety. I'm mm -hmm. thinking like SpongeBob, for example. And I mean, hell, most of the shit we grew up watching. Yeah, but um, you still have this divide between like 
animation that's directly marketed for kids and then animation that's directly marketed for adults and then not much in between that. Yeah. Um, if I think of like the most recent animation thing to really pop off and surprise people was Invincible on Amazon Prime. Um, mostly because not a lot of people had, had knew what the comic books had contained in it to yeah. begin with. But this idea that, oh, well, it's not just a generic campy superhero you know thing by its looks it's actually this like gritty grim dark sort of you know gore fest but that was my major problem with it is like it doesn't need to turn into a gore fest to be an adult cartoon no it, it doesn't, doesn't need a bunch of people swearing I mean, at to be an adult cartoon <laughs> it is because of what it's based off of it becomes that um yeah but Again, there are, like, a, a perfect example, in my opinion, are the um, DC animated movies. The DC animated movies are a perfect example of something that can be for, not kid kids, but, like, for a younger audience all the way up into adult audiences. Um, hell, even, I, I know they are, obviously, more targeted towards kids, but things like Adventure Time and Steven Universe and Gravity Falls, I know so many adults that love that show. Love those shows. Um, well, me right now with fucking Owl House. I, it is one of my favorite series happening right now. So thing, Those shows are written with adult themes in mind. Is a thing. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it. Is understand that a lot of this comes from the desks of writers rather than animators. Is Animators are there to make stuff look good and look pretty and tell a story through motion. But writers first have to put it into words. And... and I think that's where stories like um, Spider-Man Excel is because it's a writing team that had a passion for the project that understood the source material and understood the Spider-Man multiverse well enough to take a bunch of Spider-Man characters and say, we can focus on Miles, but we can include these other characters and make it work. Yeah. If we make it make sense, first and foremost. And that's what they had focused on the most, rather than just, let's put out a schlocky thing for kids and throw a bunch of Spider-Men in here so we can sell some toys real quick. Spider-Man 3. Um, um, yeah. Well, and that's uh, another thing that I appreciate about animation now, like a lot of animation now, is the people that are writing it are close to our age. So they grew up with the cartoons we watched, and we were like, hey... They had some adult themes in them. They were able to be for kids and adults at the same time. And instead of looking at it as just, hey, we can make kid cartoons with adult jokes in them, they look at it being like, hey, we can put adult issues and make it so kids can kind of understand them. Yeah. Well, even if we take... If you take something like Star Wars, for example, right? You've got live action, you've got animated content all throughout the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. And the thing that makes Star Wars charming... I mean, part of it, of course, is the science fantasy aspect of it. You've basically got space wizards who wield laser swords and fight bad guys with it. Like, that's one part of it. But if you look at a series like Mandalorian, and you take the aspects of that, and you focus on things like Marvel movies, and take the aspects of that, produced basically by the same people, Yeah. and then you realize that if you're watching a Marvel film or you're watching Mandalorian... 90% of what you're seeing on screen is animation. Yeah. You are watching yeah. a whole lot of CG on that screen without realizing that that's what you're looking at. 
and that's where I think Hollywood has realized that animation can be a benefit. What I would like to see them do is lean towards the direction of we can make something really good and make it fully animated. Yeah. And make it for an audience, make it for all audiences. Well, and that's where <laughs> sorry. That's where um I I've seen so speaking on the anime thing, not so much anime adaptations, but there are so many different comic and book adaptations where I'm like, oh, we you make this into a movie, but people make fun of it because there's so much CG. You're trying to put humans into these fantasy worlds that just cannot physically be created. So it's always going to be, it's going to not look right. You're always going to have real people in complete fake worlds. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where it really is. Like you're saying, just do an entire animated thing. Don't make these people, don't make actual people be in these movies. You can make them be in them like CGI wise, make them be an animated character. Um, but like if you, again, going back to fucking love death and robots, there are some super like hyper realistic CGI characters in that show. Um, one of them, uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but it's basically takes place in a world where they've made it. So people live forever and kids are illegal and there's a police officer, there's basically this detective that one of his jobs is to hunt down and eliminate children. Um, it's not as action-packed as that made it sound. Um, but <laughs> but it also takes place in what lo- it looks amazing. It is one of the most beautiful sh- sh- uh, shorts in the entire uh, collection. I guess, uh, What is that? There's a word that I can't remember. Not volume. Uh, anthology? Anthology. Um yeah, and I one again highly recommend it. Go watch it. Both seasons are on Netflix. Uh, but <laughs> I would love to like watching watching through that. I was texting with Lou. I want to see more of this. I want more studios to be like, look at this. Look at how good this can be for five, ten, fifteen minutes. You could make an entire two-hour-long movie that people would still be in all throughout the entirety of. Um, and I, I just wish that they would go into that. I wish they would spend the money and focus on animation because it can be so fucking good. It can be. And that I, I think where the strength of animation versus live action is you can get away with a lot more in animation than you can with live action stuff. You can have characters that are a lot more emotive and expressive mm-hmm. in animation. You can have more unique body types and designs through animation. You can literally design a world from scratch through animation and just art itself worlds that we saw in things like if i'm thinking back to like 80s cyberpunk stuff or 90s cyberpunk stuff right you're talking like judge dread robocop mm. um fucking uh blade, blade runner. runner yeah yeah stuff like that you're talking about worlds that could not exist without the ability to animate in the first place even though those movies were largely done with live action settings and characters. But if I think like I've been playing cyberpunk 27, seven again on our stream, that world was born from that. And that world is animated entirely through CG. And it looks despite all the flaws in the game, the world itself and the unique environments in the game look really, really good when the draw distance will render them <laughs> well hell even even stepping away from the futuristic world grand theft auto grand theft auto 
I mean, yes, when it was on 360, it looked great. When it mm-hmm. jumped up to the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, looked even better. And now we're about to get PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X versions that are, like, building on that even more. That world looks fantastic for a video game that's been around for fucking a decade at this point. <laughs> you can even get that through PC now. I mean, there's plenty of hype yeah. for GTA 5, and they look wonderful. You literally, if you look at a texture, you could not distinguish it from something in the real world sometimes. Yeah, I always love yeah. in games where they people will take pictures within a world, a real world setting, and be like, which is the real world, which one is the video game world? Yep. But I think... I. I I agree with you on the animation thing. I would like Hollywood to like invest some time and money into really exploring what you can do with animation and really understanding the potential it holds because I'm thinking of studios I really like the way their art direction goes mm-hmm. and how that translates into stuff. The very first episode of Love, Death, and Robots in season one where they're doing the monster fights thing. Yes. Like that was that's one of the best episodes to me. And I look at those characters and I Especially, like, the major bad dude who shows up who's running the fighting ring mm-hmm. and offering the deals. Like, he could fit in a game made by Arcane Studios. The art style is almost virtually the same. So, do you know why that is? <laughs> because someone from Arcane yeah, worked it, on it that. Is, it's the character, de- <laughs> the character designer from Dith- Dishonored worked on that short. And that's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite shorts. All the characters. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the moment that thing that episode started up, I'm like... This is really familiar. In the mo, <laughs> like as the episode ended, it was the the one of the few times I paused and I looked at every all the the names and the thing. I'm like, that name looks familiar, and I went literally went onto Instagram because I was already following the character designer. <laughs> well, as a quick segue, then just to get off this topic and move on to something else, I watched a video. Um, published by IGN on Deathloop, the new Arcane game set to come out. Yes. Um, It doesn't contain any story spoilers in it, but it does touch on what the gameplay is. So Deathloop is not a roguelike. It's not die and come back stuff. And I'm actually, Um, um, as much as I love roguelikes, I'm actually happy about it. Yeah. Well, I'm happy about it because of the way they're using the Deathloop mechanic to set up how their narrative and gameplay works. Mm -hmm. So you are basically stuck in a loop and the only way to break the loop is by killing, I think it's eight people called visionaries in this world. Um, The problem is, is the visionaries are indistinguishable from everybody else because the idea is that the entire world is setting up for this giant masquerade party. Mm -hmm. So everyone is in mask all the times, even the enemies you fight. Um, And really the way the death loop mechanic is set up is that way your whole goal is to get all these people in some kind of scenario where you can kill them all in a single day. Yeah. Because if you do not, then you'll just reset. Um, that, and then the other big part of it is the asymmetric, well, not really asymmetric, but the multiplayer aspect of it, where someone can join your game and they're essentially playing someone who's tasked with hunting you down repeatedly to prevent this from happening. Yeah. Who is whose only goal is to kill you as many times as it takes to get you to quit and give up. Um, and so there's this frantic sort of pace to the game where you're worried about getting things set up. You have someone actively hunting you. You have enemies that are actively trying to kill you. I also enjoy that the gameplay is more action-focused rather than what Dishonored was, which was 
I don't feel like Dishonored made you really forced you to do like a pacifist stealthy gameplay, mm-hmm. but there were obvious benefits to playing it that way. Yeah. Um whereas Deathloop doesn't really penalize you for going all out and being super lethal. Um and so I like that a little bit more. You can see sort of the things carry over from Dishonored, especially the blink power that they keep showing off in all the trailers. Um and I think it just it's it's showing up to be a really, really interesting and fun game. And I figure that one of us is going to join the other person's game eventually and just murderize the fuck out of the other person, so it'll be I mean uh, I murder in me. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I I think one of my favorite things I saw um somebody somebody changed it cuz they when they everybody found out and started talking about the fact that it's not a full roguelike it's not hey you start you die you go all the way to the back of the beginning you don't have to kill everybody in one continuous run um somebody described it as supernatural hitman and that yeah. that like oh that answers all the things that I like in a game. <laughs> well, the the strength of the Hitman series lately, especially after Absolution came out, was all the ways that you could kill a target. Yeah. Right? You could play it just like the Hitman movies play out, where you could just go balls to the wall, action, and just shoot up the place, do stuff like that, but you were, in a way, penalized for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think Deathloop is leaning towards more of the, we're not going to penalize you for doing this. Yes, your actions are going to have a consequence on your next go-around, but you're not going to be shafted because you decided to kill everybody you saw. Um, Whereas, I I would like to see them explore more of those ways. I would like to see there be multiple scenarios that you could force these people into to take them out in inventive ways. I think one of the funniest things that came out of the last Hitman game was the wine press um, level where oh my you god, can yeah. your target with a giant wine press, but then people were just finding out I can kill everyone, drag their bodies into the wine press, and just see how many people I can get impressed before the game breaks. Yep, <laughs> that's always fun. Um, and I just I enjoy Hitman for that reason. All these very inventive ways that you can go about taking out a target without anybody noticing it and make it look like a one giant accident, basically. <laughs> um. Of course, one of the accidents I created in Hitman Absolution, no one expects their car to explode after the alarm goes off, but <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> and nobody nobody was the wiser for it, so hey. <laughs> you, yeah, you do what you gotta do. There's some crazy shit that you can do in in uh Hitman games, especially now with what with the amount of characters that are in worlds. Um I I still love the videos of people creating a body pile on the uh because you anytime there's just a wet surface you can start up and there's like a a uh oh my mind's blanking on what's called generator boom uh you just continuously kill piles of people over and over again <laughs> i think death loop's going to be a really fun game i think it's going to be one of i think it's going to be as it stands right now probably arcane's magnum opus um as long as it comes out in a playable state and things like that, but I don't put that past Arcane. Arcane's not one of their studios to yeah, put out. Ar- <laughs> Arcane might be attached to Bethesda, but they aren't Bethesda. <laughs> I feel like uh, I also feel like Deathloop hasn't, you know, ridden the hype train like games like Cyberpunk have. So yeah. Um, well, remember, um, it sucks for many people because you know it's hard to get a PlayStation Five, uh, but. Deathloop is launching as a PlayStation exclusive. Um, mm-hmm. 
luckily I am going to be buying it on PC, so it doesn't matter. Because uh, while it is Xbox or uh, PlayStation exclusive, it is still coming out day and date on PC. Yep. So yay. And we saw PlayStation kind of lose exclusivity recently with uh, Days Gone or something like that. What is it called? Is it Days Gone? Uh, yeah. The so a lot of a lot of PlayStation games have been coming to uh, PC and people are still being like no playstation keeps everything exclusive i i think playstation is or sony itself is finally realizing they can make more money if they also expand to pc um obviously xbox is one xbox already has the pc market um but now they've actually changed or they're planning on implementing a change where their uh the developer share of sales on the Microsoft Store are basically the same. I think it's just about the same as on Epic. So, hey, good for them. May maybe that'll help Steam decide to finally not be a dick and pe pay uh, developers money. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, even right now, I think uh, obviously Xbox games are it, it, any in-house games are PC and Xbox. A lot of them obviously go straight to Game Pass, uh, but they're also on Steam, which is great. Um, I think currently, I think they're, I think PlayStation titles are both on Steam and Epic. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, they are not on the Microsoft Store. I <laughs> can't understand why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like if you search PlayStation on. I wonder what happens if you search PlayStation on. Yeah, so right now, if you search PlayStation on Steam, you get Days Gone and Horizon Horizon Zero Dawn. Dawn. Mm -hmm. Dawn. Dawn. Um, oh, you know, and you also get Beyond Two Souls. Uh, I think that's it. Untitled, well, The Unfinished Swan, which, by the way, if you haven't played Unfinished Swan, I highly recommend it. Um, I'm just uh, glad that those games are finally making their way to PC, because my biggest problem with exclusivity is that there's large portions of the gaming community that don't have access to those titles. Yeah. And especially, I was saying, especially with PlayStation still being so fucking hard to get. And they even came out and said, Hey, we're increasing production, but it's still going to be hard to get. Um, thanks to the wonderful world of scalpers. Oh, Hey, I just transitioned and I forgot. I wanted to transition. <laughs> um, speaking of fucking scalpers, scalpers have ruined Pokemon cards. Like I saw an article earlier today that included a video of like people rushing through like a Walmart yeah. to grab Pokemon cards. Yeah. Um, last week it came out. Uh, Target announced that they are no longer going to be carrying Pokemon or a lot of, I believe, baseball cards. Um, I it seems like during the pandemic, while everybody was staying at home, obviously and not going out and bum rushing stores. Um, People, I guess, looked into Pokemon cards. And when I talk about people, I mean people that want to just make money and not have, you know, childlike glee. <laughs> not enjoy Pokemon cards. I, I tweeted earlier today in response to something, uh, in, in a thread of this video, of that video I think you're talking about, um, that when I have a shitty day or a shitty week, I will sometimes just go, I, I would, Sometimes just go poke buy Pokemon cards because like I don't collect them in like the collector sense. I just get them for fun. 
because it you know it's a it's a nice little uh, uh what's it not dopamine is it dopamine what's the it's word dopamine. yeah 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 dopamine little it's kind of like achievements but you know it's just cards and they're cute and like i think i have they're, they're all over there i have a whole bunch of them over there just for me being like fuck it bad day pokemon cards but now you can't you can't fucking find pokemon cards anywhere my my comic shop hasn't had pokemon cards in over 6 months yeah well these people i mean this is the issue with scalping any kind of product right is i actually recently sold my the last graphics card i bought on ebay um and i made a good chunk of change on around 1100 bucks on that graphics card so you're one of the I, bad people huh well i bought it when it was brand new for 400 bucks um and it wasn't really it was at a point where I was holding on it for so long till I could sell it to someone pretty much at retail price. Hold on, Nate. What? So you were able to get a graphics card. But not for a PC you were using making or building? No, this was the graphics card I had I had some issues with because of drivers and things like that. It was a Ryzen fifty seven hundred XT. Okay. Which other people haven't had issues with, so I figure I'll give it to somebody else and they'll probably have better luck with it than I did. Um, or you just so had I, a defective graphics card. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I put it up on eBay. You know, I put it up there for, I started it at a decent price, whatever the average going price was for it was. And just, it just got, uh, just got bidded up to that price. And that's what I sold it for. Mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily trying to scalp it so much as I was like, I have this piece of hardware sitting around and I would like to, you know, get some return on my investment for it. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I hope whoever, I hope the guy I sent it to, you know, enjoys it and gets a better use out of it than I did, is all I can really say. But the yeah. issue with scalpers is they drive the prices up on items like that. Immediately after buying that graphics card, you're going to fucking hate me for this. Um, <laughs> I turned around and bid on a Kotobukiya Bishoujo figure. Which one? One that I got the Rainbow Dash one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. It's cute. Yeah. So it, it took a while for me to find one at a decent price. Amazon had it through third-party sellers that were ridiculously marked up. And I found one on eBay starting at a decent price, and I just sniped the bid um, when it was about to end. So I spent, I think, around $400 on that figure. God um, damn, Nate. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so whatever. It's mine now. It's on its way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want the whole set. Like, I really do. And yeah. now they have they have a special color variant stuff um, that you can pre-order now. I haven't pre-ordered any yet, but they're doing a Celestia and a Luna figure that are available for pre-order on Amazon right now. Okay. So I'm definitely trying to get those early so I don't have to pay the marked up prices on those. But people did scalp the fuck out of them when they first came out. Um, I mean, hell, and, that's fucking Funko Pops even. And those yeah. things are fucking 15 bucks at Well, usually 15 bucks at most. This is just the nature with limited release items. Yeah. I mean, I've got a... I'm in phase two for the Mass Effect Legendary Collector's release. Mm. I can't imagine how much I could possibly sell that for after I get it in my hands. I'm not going to. That was these guys. The fucking NES classic consoles and the Super Nintendo ones. They fucking... They went, sold out immediately, and then everybody was like, uh, here's $5,000 for it. No, I don't think it ever got to five thousand dollars, but it was pretty fucking high for like a sixty dollar piece of equipment. There, there's multiple moving parts in that that create the issue of scalping, though, right? Is you've got 
limited you've quantity. got stuff that you've got limited quantity and the issue for producers of product is when you first produce a product right you are kind of trying to feel out what the demand for that product's going to be mm-hmm. and so you can't really run the risk of overproducing because then you just got stock sitting on store shelves it's not moving yeah and while the retailer has already paid you for that inventory the only way you really turn a profit is when that inventory sells, so that way the retailer has the profit in their pocket to give you your cut. And when stuff starts going moving to the clearance rack and stuff like that, then you're really not making anything. You're selling at a loss at that point. Mm-hmm. Both you and the retailer are. And that disincentivizes the retailer from buying more inventory from you. But then you find out all of a sudden, okay, the market value on this particular product has shot up. You're not going to go back to an old product line and start producing more of it. No. Like, that just doesn't make sense to you as a, as a producer of product, as a manufacturer. Well, um, I think a big issue – so I I wish that people – they would just – you could just implement a limit in-store. Because obviously, they try to do whatever online and it doesn't fucking work because robots. Robots. Yeah. Um, but it really is – when I see people going and grabbing, literally, like, basically putting their arm on a shelf and swiping Pokemon cards into a fucking basket, um, mm-hmm. I I wish that they could just figure out a way to not have that happen. Like, have yeah. have individual packs, have a limit on the packs. The issue with that, though, is enforcement in the retail world. I've, I work security for a number of years, right? Mm-hmm. And most stores you go into, they have maybe like one or two loss prevention guys standing up front. Their job really is just there to serve as a deterrent. They're not really there to stop anybody or do anything about it. Um, So the issue comes with just from an enforcement mindset of, we saw this with the whole toilet paper fiasco back when COVID started. And so you can put up a sign on your shelf that says, you know, limit two per customer. The question is, is how do you enforce that? You can have a cashier at the register say, okay, well, you've got more than two of these. I can't sell you more than two of these. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ring you up for these. And then what do you have? You have a line full of irate customers who's stopping everyone else from getting out of the store. <laughs> and so, like, the the company is now putting the burden on the retail employee to come up with a way to enforce this rule. Yeah. And that's really not their job to begin with. Oh, no. Believe and me. I know. If it's, well, if it's me in that position, why do I give a fuck how many rolls of toilet paper someone's going to buy, honestly? Um, I'm just going to let them, let them go with it. And that's what most retailers have come to the conclusion of is just if people are going to violate this rule, then it's whatever at that point. We can't. There's no way for us to feasibly enforce that without loading up our store with security guards that we have to pay now to watch every single person and make sure they're only walking out with the store with the limit of product we gave them. And yeah. that's just that's realistically just not going to happen. So unfortunately we put ourselves in this position of people want to make profits and they want to make them quickly. And scalping is, you know, unfortunately a really easy way to do that. Um, There are some companies that do crack down. Amazon cracked down on a guy who bought a shit ton of hand sanitizer and basically told him, we're not going to let you sell this on our platform. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, not on some scalpers too. I was going to say as a, uh, as somebody that works with the public yay um i am somebody that when it comes to the store itself losing money i don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck it's not my money it's 
it's not the the amount of money they're losing isn't going to make it so it affects my job in any way um which is why when there are people that come in to be like hey i accidentally left and i didn't buy this pay for this i'm just like why did you come back um (laughs) because in my head in my opinion it's not i don't my job is to do what i am doing in the store the moment things leave the store out of my hands if something goes out of the store and i didn't notice it somebody didn't notice it whoops sorry the giant company that i work for lost the money Ooh, um when it's something like toilet paper like it it, it's something that is needed for people uh it's different when because we have like soda sales people come up trying to buy like 20 boxes of soda fucking let them i don't give a shit yeah. As long as in in really as long as there's not a limit in the store, guess what? It's up to the cashier to let you buy that shit, and I would let you buy that shit. Um, I mean, if Pokemon it's toilet are... paper, no. If you try and come up to my fucking register with a cart full of toilet paper, and I'm like, no, sorry, you can take one. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, I, I get where that's coming from. If it's an essential product, there's there's a larger issue mm-hmm. there. We saw this with the recent gas crisis in the Continental Pipeline. Oh shut fucking down. God, yeah. Um, I'm so glad I wasn't here. And, well, I mean, the thing, the average in gas in Maryland has now crept over, crept up over three bucks. There's gas stations up and down the main thoroughfare in my neighborhood where you cannot find gas under three dollars a gallon right now. We Luckily, I drove very out thankful. to I drove out to uh, Joppa Town last night to play D and D with some guys and found gas for cheaper out there. <laughs> Yeah, we have uh, right right up the street. There's a place that's under three. So, yeah. so, but that's the issue is is it's people who create this this crisis to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Is the Continental Pipeline shut down was yeah okay, it's a major thing, but it was never going to last so long to actually cause a real crisis, right? Yeah. And so what caused the crisis Our was not the actual event; it was people blowing that event out of proportion, and then going out and buying gallons upon gallons of gasoline that they didn't need. Yeah. Um, and this is the issue with panic buyers. We've seen this in, we've seen this with gas. I've been dealing with it for literally two years with ammunition now. <laughs> um, God, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. It's a whole other topic, but it's like people, people who panic buy create these problems. It's not, it was the same thing with toilet paper. Your toilet paper is most likely produced somewhere locally because it's cheaper to do it that way. Yeah. There was never going to be an, be a period where toilet paper was going to run out for most people. The issue is, is toilet paper eventually did run out because you just can't keep production going on the same scale when you've got people walking into stores with their entire family and each person in that family has a cart full of five to six packs of toilet paper. Yep. <laughs> like that's, and then, what are these people going to, you're just sitting on that product forever. You're not moving it. You're not using it. And so the issue with scalpers is you move from, you, you transform something from having use value into having only commodity value. And that's where the Pokemon cards got becomes it. Is it an essential product that people need? No. Is it something that a kid's going to be like really upset that they couldn't get that one box set of Pokemon that they wanted? Probably. So these scalpers are just ruining other people's ability to enjoy something at this point. <laughs> hey, man, I've wanted to buy just a, a whole booster box of, of cards for like five years. <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever has a full pack anymore. Nope. But it, it just sucks. And I, I, I'm i up there with you. Like, the end all be all is honestly fuck people who scalp these products. 
you're you're kind of the worst kind of person at this point. Yeah. You're making it hard for people to get a hold of things they need or otherwise want to enjoy for the sake <laughs> of just lining your own pockets. Mm-hmm. And you know, all I can all I can really say because I realistically all I can hope is that you are forced to sit on that product forever and ever and ever and let it collect dust. Yeah. That no one will buy for you until you're willing to sell it at a fair price. God damn it. Sorry. Disney <laughs> Disney's doing stupid shit again. Oh boy. No, they put out an they put out an announcement saying that um uh Cruella will introduce Disney's um the first out gay Disney character or out gay character in Disney history. Uh the which first gay disney character yep uh and people are like commenting on the fact that like they said josh gad's character in beauty and the beast was gay um people are pointing out that one of the 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 characters from onward was openly gay uh Mm -hmm. pointed out Luz from owl house is openly bi Uh, (laughs) it's like hey disney Mm, maybe you should think about that again. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is that that leans into issues that I I won't even get into at this point. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of beyond a, an egregious error on Disney's part. <laughs> yeah. They they just every time they're like gay representation, other representation besides straight people. They had lesbians. There were lesbians in, in Star Wars. Did you know there were lesbians in Star Wars? That's what we refer to in leftist circles as rainbow capitalism. <laughs> Here's the thing. I understand the hate for rainbow capitalism. Um, some of that shit's cute. It's cute. Do I, I mean, own a Rooster I, I Teeth shirt with the, that is in the buy flag colors? Yes. Am I? If I had the money, would I buy like four more uh, that they just introduced this year? Yes. Um, can you go to spacetimetaco.com slash store and buy a uh, pride flag spacetime taco shirt? Yes, you can. And you should. Because it supports us. Uh- <laughs> it's, it's, it's unfortunately, all I'll say about it is the major issue with it is that these things seem to not become socially acceptable until a company finds a way to make it profitable. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. If it takes your company making money off of uh, representation <laughs> for you to make it a regular thing, not a once-in-a-while thing, a regular thing on par with white people, straight white people, um, fuck it. If that's what it takes for you to just put it in everybody's face, go for it. Uh, then everybody else has to accept it. Well, I, I don't know. I just... I would like to see the representation occur without the need to modify it is all. Yeah. That's that's... the thing, Nate. The reason why, part of the reason why white people are the main, are the default in so many things is because it sells. Well, yes. I mean, you've got a, you've got a country that's majority white folks. So (laughs) like, that's what you have to market to, to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, just that's like just one of those things. I'm just saying, yeah, that's. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. Um, I right. mean, it's. 
I, I cannot like it as much as you want. I can see the other side of it, like you said. If it if that's what it takes to get the representation out there, then I guess that's what it takes. Um, you know, I I thoroughly enjoy making bigots cry, so I can at least enjoy it in that vein. <laughs> if my my day is complete once I realize that I've made somebody upset. <laughs> Name Not I'm somebody, up. but bad people. I'm like upset. Nate, Nate, I'm upset. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to be upset. <laughs> no, I, uh, speaking of bad people that I made upset, someone uh, came into our stream again. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so last time they did it, they used my old Reddit tag, which is actually permanently suspended now. Um, and then they came in using a tag from another person from the subreddit that I'm in. That I'm active in, stream um, or Discord. This was stream. Oh, okay. Um, they, they put this in our Twitch chat. I, I banned them after I ended the stream, but they came into the stream and they said a bunch of stuff. And I made a comment at them, like they asked what happened to my account, and I said, "Well, it got banned." And then they try to make like a sly comment, and so I just made something clap back at them, something that they routinely go on about why they're not liked. Oh, and I said, well, I guess I was banned because I was short and ugly. <laughs> um, and then they tried to clap back at me like, oh, I see years of content here and an average of two viewers. And I'm like, well, that's the difference between me and you. I don't do things simply for other people's attention. Hmm. So, <laughs> and then they just kind of shut up after that. And I was like, yeah, I guess that made him go away. <laughs> and that's, that's I mean, you want. that's the thing. I think that for me was the perfect example of not feeding the troll is like, you want me to be upset about this. And I'm just not going to be <laughs> one because I'm in the middle of playing a game and two, because I'm, I was honestly at that point too tired to give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just like, you need to, uh, you need to go away now. Honestly, I, I hope that person keeps making new accounts and coming back because it gives me someone to interact with. <laughs> but it's also like, do you realize what you're doing? You're just giving us a view. Like that's all you're doing. At the end of the day, you can hang out and chat. You can say whatever you want, but all you're doing is giving me traffic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you're you're kind of just you. I mean, if you want to keep aiming that gun at your foot and pulling the trigger, be my guest. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm trying to see. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up the very short episode? Like I said, very short episode. Yeah. Um, only real news that has happened that I'm excited about: Attack the Block Two is officially announced. John Boyega is back. Joe Cornish is back, writing, directing. Um, we already talked about Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, oh, you know what? We did say we were going to bring this up. I completely forgot we said we were going to bring this up. Um, so Twitch has implemented some new uh, categories. Mm -hmm. Mostly, people have been talking about the fact that they introduced the hot tub pool category. Um, yeah. Because in recent, in re of as of recently, uh, hot tub streams have become all the rage. Um, I was thinking about doing it, but I'm afraid water would get everywhere. Uh, <laughs> New meta, please nerf hot tub. Nerf hot tub. Um, <laughs> in this, and I we before we start recording, uh, Nate and I were about to start talking about it on how we feel about things, um, but then. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not recording. Let me make sure I have this <laughs> recorded. Uh, I can't remember how exactly I brought it up. So obviously the main, the big mouthpiece for this, I guess, figurehead, figurehead. Um, how do you say her name? Amaranth? 
Amoranth A-M-O-U-R-A-N-T-H However you say it um, There's Amaranth and on the other side Kind of opposite to her I guess is XQC right now I don't know what that is XQC is a, is a male streamer Who's fairly popular And he came out with some hot takes Against the hot tub streaming thing XQC this is the, the he got ninja hair. Yeah. XQC claims Twitch demonetizing save Pokemon saved everybody whatever. Fuck the yeah, whatever. Um so that that is part of this. So obviously hot tub streams happen. Okay. Um something that also was noticed is that she found out she was no longer getting ad revenue. Um Twitch basically pulled ads from her streams. Uh and while it might be kind of... No, I agree. It's kind of fucked up that they didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. um, she did kind of have this... She put forth the idea of, hey, maybe Twitch is thinking of allowing more types of content, something closer to this kind of t content, and letting it be okay. Just make it so it's not regular ad revenue kind of streams. You can still stream this, but you are no longer allowed to do what you, like we were talking about it's not um ad safe or whatever yeah, the fuck it's not ad friendly it it runs yeah. in the same vein that youtube does with a lot of content yeah even though you know some of those youtube ads were for basically white supremacy um <laughs> white supremacy a-okay boobs YouTube. no uh, it's, it's more like white supremacy, A-OK, -A and then you say something against white supremacy. Oh, sorry. A-O-K-K-K. Um, <laughs> I, I said it wrong, yeah. Uh, but no, I I have no issue with this. We, we You said, like you said, you are kind of down the middle of the line. Um, obviously, you are a supporter of sex workers. We all support sex workers. Uh, it's where where you started talking about was that you brought up Twitch this not being the type of content that Twitch represents I think is the word is that how you meant to say it I think what I specifically said was made for made for so that's where the fun thing happens cuz mm -hmm. Twitch wasn't always Twitch yeah Twitch used to be Justin TV Justin TV was basically everything stream yeah. whatever the fuck you want um and obviously twitch has one of the most popular channels on twitch has been just chatting for the longest time uh mm -hmm. twitch has art channels twitch has podcast channels we use that um twitch has fashion and fuck they have fucking mukbang shit mm -hmm. twitch has kind of ha tried to secretly hold on to its original justin tv roots the entire time i think um, and I think the hot tub kind of broke their system and yeah. made them realize they should kind of allow that again. Mm -hmm. Um, and well, it, it's, <laughs> my mind immediately goes to thinking of OnlyFans. OnlyFans is a very popular, very, very popular way of, um, accessing adult content. Mm -hmm. What I forget about a lot of the time, and I mean like 99.9 .9 repetend, which isn't a thing that they teach anymore, supposedly. Um, mm -hmm. 
They say repeating. I'm like, fuck you, repetent. Um, <laughs> OnlyFans isn't just for for NSFW content. It's not just for nudes, lewds, porn, straight up porn. It can be used for anything. It is basically just a subscription service for your content. Um, yeah. What made me realize this again is uh, someone that my wife and I are a fan of from Rooster Teeth announced that he got um, approved for his OnlyFans account. And, of course, immediately we were both like, oh, what now? Uh, <laughs> uh, and then he announced that he was using it as, like, promotion for he is a he uh, fosters cats. Um, mm -hmm. and he was basically going to make cat con kin kitten content. And I'm like, well, fuck, that's adorable. Uh, and I forgot that that was a thing that OnlyFans is used for. It's not just, you know, yeah. the really fun stuff. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, and, and I think it would be interesting to see Twitch move away from solely video games. Cause obviously they haven't been solely video games for a very long time. Well, they haven't, and that's where I kind of fall in the middle, right? Because if you just Google Twitch mm -hmm. right now, right, and you look at the top result for the actual website, it the description it gives us, Twitch is the world's latest live streaming platform for gamers and the things we love, watch and yeah. chat now with millions of other fans from around the world. Mm -hmm. So that definition, while it does say the world, word gamers in it, is a little vague because it says for gamers and the things we love, right? So that sort of broadens the horizons there. Me, what I would like to see most of all is somewhere where people who make exclusively games related content were competing with that content on an even playing field. Yeah. Somewhere where the content is exclusively about video game streaming and not a bunch of other stuff like that. The problem with platforms like Twitch, like YouTube is it always break down. Well, it breaks down, but it also gets in the territory of these platforms becoming de facto monopolies, mm -hmm. right? You can produce content for other platforms. I remember there was a time when I was following a bunch of gun channels on YouTube and they were getting demonetized over and over again and everyone was moving to platforms. Like one of the platforms was called Full 30, which is exclusively for gun related content. But nobody who was viewing these people on YouTube was moving over to Full 30 to watch their content. Yeah. Because YouTube is just an easier platform to access. It has apps on everything. Yes. And so the way that content creators get around this is they start Patreons and other donation platforms to keep their content going. And so that way fans who enjoy their content can find ways to monetize that channel. Mm -hmm. It's a more roundabout and difficult thing to do, but we've seen the system work. Um, but with Twitch being a de facto monopoly on the streaming platform, I mean, Microsoft tried to introduce Mixer, and we saw how long that lasted. Um, hey, it still it's, exists technically in the way that it was yeah. bought out and re -per re uh, re repurposed, yeah, repurposed. entirely. <laughs> um, I wonder how but, Facebook gaming is. Who knows, man? I think it's used as a, I think it's used as a supplemental thing by a lot of streamers, is they'll stream across multiple platforms. And for people who want to access them on Facebook, they can do that without going somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, that's but, the, there are people that stream, not gaming so much, but Twitch, or Twitch, Twitter, uh, there is live video on Twitter, and I always thought that was interesting. I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't think of that as a streaming platform in any way. But the the reason that people are upset about the Hop Tub meta is because they were, everyone gets upset about this eventually. We had the whole thing with 
quote unquote uh, titty streamers for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where it's just, I feel like people who have been focused primarily on producing video games related content feel like their audience is somehow being stolen by these other streamers. I don't think that's necessarily true. The market is what it is, and people are going to watch the content they enjoy. No one can steal a viewer from you. Yeah. Um, that being said, I am a little bit on the fence of, like, I would just really like there to be a platform that was just about video game-related content so I didn't have to compete with people who were in the just chatting space who, I guess for lack of a better way of putting this, are just happen to be conventionally attractive and that's their material that they put out. <laughs> um, meanwhile, I'm over here with my little audio only in the corner because I don't like showing my face By the way, on camera. I keep meaning to tell you, you don't have to have the audio only thing up. You can just stream well, and just have your voice over it. I just put it up there so people aren't expecting a cam and I don't get random chats. People go like, where's your cam at, bro? <laughs> hey, man, that's interaction. That's that's some let that happen. Let people be like, hey, man, I don't want to. I don't like me. Um, I'm just going to point my cam at one of the plushies sitting on my bed. Do it. Why not? Make people think <laughs> plushies are cute. Or, ooh, you got to get one of those face rig things. Yeah. I, the thing is, is I had thought about doing like the whole VTuber route, but that shit's expensive, man. <laughs> there, you don't have to do it expense. I will send you. I have a friend on the internet that she broke down how to do it, cheap and easy. Um, let me see. Where is it? I also don't have the artistic skill to make an avatar. Is I, I think I know somebody that could help you. Okay. Uh, yeah, that my friend sent me because she created her own, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. And I'm like, that's adorable, and I want to do that myself. And she's like, oh, here's like a, a tutorial. It took me like, I think she said 13 hours. Um, <laughs> but still, oh yeah, yeah, okay. She has six hours total. She said six hours total. There's literally a link to thing. It's um, VTuber in under an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well there was a um well speaking of the whole hot tub thing even getting back on that some vtubers got it on the hot tub thing oh my um, god uh fruit from v shoujo did a stream where she had someone her character designer um did a bikini costume for her avatar not really a bikini but a bathing suit anyway mm-hmm. um had her in a little you know drawn out hot tub thing and then some vtubers just completely memed it one of them called zentrea she has this form that people have been referred to as her gecko form, where she's like this short little gecko-looking creature. And she got it on the whole hot tub thing, has a really like awkward-looking bikini on this basically sausage roll of a body. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and put herself in a hot tub. It's just a it's just a me. She enjoys fucking with her followers as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but Fruit is more of the... She's been considered the most say-so of the V Shoujo bun. Who's who's the one that I fucking see everywhere? Um, she like has a her shirt has it where it it shows. I guess chat can type in whatever it pops right. up on her shirt. That's uh, Code Miko. Dude, Code Miko's not affiliated with any group, but she is the most technologically advanced VTuber out there. Has a twenty thousand dollar fucking mocap suit. Yeah, that shit is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she put it on like her friend or her boyfriend or something. Yeah. 
and uh, he was like, he, like she removed certain pieces, it, it started freaking out, and he was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> well, I think her appeal is that she doesn't really, she doesn't do gaming content, honestly, pretty much at all. Um, she's in that just cat, just chatting category, where she is doing more interaction with her followers, but she also tends to do collabs with a lot of other people who are popular on the platform, no matter what they're popular for. Yeah. Um, she's had people in there like. She's talked to video game streamers. She talked to people like Hassan Abi, who is the most popular political streamer on the platform right now. Yeah. Um. So, like, she's she's all over the place, but she does interesting content, and she gets a lot of these people to sort of come out of their shells and talk about stuff they normally don't talk about on their streams. Mm-hmm. So I think that's her appeal. That and, and she, the fact it's... That her followers get to fuck with her avatar a bunch. Because <laughs> <laughs> it really is like I I happen to just, uh, she's actually live right now. Um. Literally right now, it's because usually it's her in her avatar in this, like, mm-hmm. cool, like, futuristic-looking room. Um, yeah. And then, like, right now, it's literally her in just a room, and everything's... She's got a very, like, basic room going on. Uh, no no avatar, just her, actually, the regular person. Um, she literally has, like, five uh, 5.2 thousand people watching her right now. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's, that's actually, for her the amount of stuff she's putting into it i think that's ridiculous it's amazing what i've seen because that is like you said the most realistic looking avatar like everybody else it's like super art or anime kind of looking thing um it is but it, it appeals to different audiences one of the things with with uh vtubers i didn't expect is there's actually a lot of male vtubers now with male avatars yeah um and they produce they produce content that's just on the same quality as it is with uh, the female VTubers. Um, one of the more popular ones, of course, is Mary from Merryweather Comics. He designed one for one of his friends. I believe she was Finnish. Um, she's Lumi. She's a wolf girl, basically, as her avatar. And then Mary made one for himself, where he's supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be a dog, but people keep referring to him as cat because he does look like a cat boy. Mm. <laughs> um, but um, they do a lot of content together, of course, and they do a lot of funny stuff. Mary's whole thing that he loves doing, he, he's really an RTS, and when he gets to RTS, he kind of goes crazy because he loves dominating the fuck out of his opponents. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he's just completely maniacal when he does that. Um, but they're they're both fun to watch, and um, a lot of these VTubers are fun to watch. They... They do variety content because they're super popular and get away with doing that stuff, but they do a lot of gaming content as well. Yeah. Which is what I watch them for. And then, you know, there's people like us at the bottom of the totem pole who are just, we're just fine streaming whatever, whenever. I, it really is. Like, what happens. I had no idea V2, I had no idea what the fuck a VTuber was. If it weren't for you watching it, that stuff, I'd be like, I'd be like I don't know. I don't know what this is. I would eventually <laughs> found the girl of Miko. Miko? 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 Yeah, code Miko. Miko, yeah. Code Lyoko. Um, and I've been like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. I get this. This is great. This is, I understand this content. I understand why people would enjoy this content. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, now I just want to watch stuff. Well, hey, that was a short podcast, short, sweet podcast, I think. We didn't hit two hours, not yet. Go for us. Um, thank you for joining us on another Space Time Taco. Uh, as always, if you want to hear more of us, follow us, subscribe. Uh, do that thing with the bell notification. Um, I think you can do that on both Twitch and YouTube. 
Uh, you can do it on both. Rate five stars. That supposedly helps people get ad revenue, if your access to ad <laughs> revenue. Um, but yeah, follow me everywhere. I am Time Lord Perito. He is a little teapot. He is a little teapot. Um, I like to imagine that your teapot is always nice and shiny and seasoned. I say seasoned because <laughs> of the salt. Um, nah, man. My teapot is fucking marred. It has a dent in it somewhere. Missing the handle. <laughs> it is missing a handle. And there is a dent. I'm pretty sure I made a dent in it. Yep. Grab that shit off the top of the stovetop just with your bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. I need my hot tea. <laughs> shove tea leaves in your mouth. Pour boiling water. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, go inside and play video games. He still has nothing. He still has nothing. No sign off. No sign off. Fuck Pokemon scalpers. <laughs>